Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And this week, I think we're going to go back to some old classics that we haven't done in a little while. Mm. Uh, Shall we start with some what three words, Trevor? So, in case you don't know, there's there's an amazing system called What Three Words, and it's basically someone's cut up the world into, like, what is it, five-metre chunks? Something like that. Something like that. And basically, each each one of those has been given a three-word, a three-word, like... Combination, yeah. Name, and then I've got, I've got a simple, simple little script that... Goes and gets a latitude and longitude and just gives us random, random spot across the globe. That's right. And so we use this as our random prompts, as we often do, and we turn in, turn these words into game designs. Mm. So, Trevor, shall we use your three words to start with? Yes. Catering radical vector. Ooh. Okay. Well, I choose to think of radical as like the style in the eighties. Yes, you know, really nice. Uh, I mean, this this is so something around rollerblades, radical catering. You know, um, as you deliver things, you know, it it pops up in very cartoony, sort of comic booky font of radical, cool. Very. What do you do? How do you describe those eighties colors? Neon? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess that 80s neon sort of style, I suppose. Uh, yeah, okay, I like that. Mm. Fluoro. Because that's yeah, what it maybe was. maybe more fluoro. It's yes, all yes. fluoro. So, think of fluoro pens, um, and someone's gone buck wild on 3D text. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I like that sort of scribbly style of it, actually. That could be cool. Yeah. Of it not just being the colours, but actually being... That sort of uh, texture to to the UI, yeah. So, what's your goal? So, you you're some sort of catering company, yeah. And I th- I think they're using state of the art like technology for the 1980s <laughs> for the um, 80s, and and you know they're now plotting vectors and you know basically as you're going and you're delivering these sort of meals on wheels sort of thing, mm. you're actually drawing out like. You're kind of doing logo. Uh, <laughs> you're kind of the turtle, um, and you're drawing like you're, yeah. you're drawing like a brand or something like that. And so, is that it? Is that just more of a little Easter egg of where you get the locations for each thing, or are you? Do you have to sort of plot that out yourself to ensure that you? Hit the right points. I, I kind of like the idea that they give you the points, and if you find the most optimal route, you kind mm. of fuck up the drawing a bit. And if you fo- if you follow their route, you know it draws yeah. a lovely curve to it because you know they wanted you to get on the freeway and and make right. that curve. <laughs> so you're thinking this is sort of a driving game then? In it's, in yeah, it's core, kind, kind of like a, a top down driving game. Okay, I'm thinking kind of like. A if you remember Death Rally or any of those sort of top down, almost Micro Machines esque yeah. driving, but in three D. So, it's sort so of still Grand Theft Auto. Quart- 
Oh, okay. So it is like a fairly, like you've got a bit of perspective, but it's mostly, yeah, straight top down of the early Grand Theft Auto days. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That gives a, that's certainly an interesting aesthetic. And then bringing the 80s into it is, is fun. Mm. So what are the challenges you you run up against? I guess is it around the different types of food, and you've got time limits. Is it? Yeah, I, I think if you've got you know poultry, you don't want to let it cool because if it cools down too much, it can actually start getting more bacteria, and it can make the make the user yeah. sick. And you and you know Meals on Wheels doesn't usually deliver to you know very 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 healthy and. And patience and all this sort of stuff. So you have Quite a often, toll <laughs> at the end of your day, you delivered seven cases of salmonella <laughs> and ran over three school children. old ladies. <laughs> I like the idea. Uh, of, you know, can we license some some eighties music? Perhaps. Ooh, yes. Have the sort of the GTA radio station vibe, or yeah. So your best bet would actually be to get all those one hit wonders, but not the actual one hit wonders. You just get the bands, and then you get sam- oh, then you get their other songs that people their, don't their know. B sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels like eighties, but no one knows the songs. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to pay because because we're on a we're on a budget here. We're on a budget here. Everyone knows Turning Japanese by the Vapors, but does anyone know News at 10, Jimmy Jones, or Prisoners? No, exactly. So, they're perfect yes. songs to have um, because they sound like the 80s or end of 79. Thank you, Trevor, Trevorpedia here, pulling <laughs> obscure songs. Uh, news at 10. Yeah, that's it. So, we grab News at 10 by the Vapors and we, we sound like the 80s without having to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. So, do we have any- antagonists though do we have like roving bmx gangs do we have uh et's oh phoning home okay. if, we, if, we do, if we do if we do have the roving, kids. if we do have the roving bmx gangs which one is it bmx bandits or rad i, I mean i think bmx bandits would be my go-to yeah i think personally that's the one i know um, um, I mean, I don't, do I don't remember Rad, but I know that that was my more favourite movie of those two. I don't remember what happened in it, but I remember that <laughs> Rad was the one that was always out at the video store. Right. So, it was the, the popular choice. Which is weird, because it was the American one versus the Australian one, but... <laughs> yeah, how can you go past Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, that was being Max Vanders, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. Yes, well, exactly. And then you presumably have to avoid all the people gleaming the cube down the road as well. And <laughs> Well, Flight of the Navigator. Like, you, you, see the, you see the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator come flying along the top of you for a little bit. You can drive it. Yeah, that's an unlockable vehicle. Yeah. Be careful, though, because you might go forward in time. And still with the same age. Because, yeah, yes, that happened that, Because then you'll end up in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> then we have to ha- then we have to buy a whole lot of other tracks and think of a whole other lot of references. So let's yeah. not do that. Um, never ending story. There's, you know, Falcor the Luck Dragon. That's, you a, can that's also- another Falcor is just another unlockable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I think we'll end our <laughs> trying to remember eighties movies 
uh, bit there and, uh, and move on. But yeah, I like it. Police All Academy. Right. <laughs> Revenge of the Just- Nerds. Terminator. <sighs> Fine. Indiana Jones. Dark Crystal. <laughs> They're all in there. <laughs> Easter eggs galore. Millennium Falcon from Empire Strikes Back, because that was 1980. <laughs> the second Death Star. <laughs> Another unlockable vehicle. It goes very slow, though. Yeah, it does. All right. Three to one words. Transitional dilutes tithe. Ooh. Okay. So, I mean, this is an interesting set of words, but, you know, to to tithe is, I mean, it's sort of, it's generally giving money to the church. Ew. Some sort of church. I don't think we go with a known church. Okay, it's the Church of Chocolate then. Okay. So, obviously, ch- chocolate, have, eating chocolate is like a religious experience. Like, it's a, it's a mind-blowing experience. So, Can in be. this world, someone has, has created the Church of Chocolate. Okay. At, at the altar, there's just like this massive, like, chocolate fountain. I mean, I could, I could go on with all the things that are in this church to do with chocolate. Well, is this so? Is the tithing then, because it's traditionally 10%, is it if you buy, you know, a, a, a block of chocolate, you have to give 10% of the squares oh, see, see, to the it church? It only comes in two ways in this, in this church. Mm. Um, it's either an Easter egg form, because their patron saint is the Easter bunny. <laughs> and. Okay. Uh, but in this in this reality, the Easter bunny actually lays the chocolate because bunnies bunnies like yeah. lay eggs, of course. Bunnies lay chocolate eggs. Yeah, yeah. They, they always do. It's just most you don't want to eat. Um, is this is there a, is this, is the Easter bunny? Is this more of a like they worship this what the they believe yeah. to be a real creature that exists or existed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then you know, um, Cabri in the in the nineteen forties, they they you know cartoonized it or characterized it um instead of it being a legitimate bunny yeah just like coke did with santa yeah so that's one form the other form is melted and those that melted chocolate stuff that's that's like the that's like the the body and blood of of the easter bunny you know yeah you have (laughs) your chocolate i don't know that i don't think we need to go quite that analogous I, to I, I have, the I Catholic have Church, thought, but thought enough about this that I could go on. <laughs> I I'm fine with that. It's the that, Church that of Chocolate. They, that they drink the, the, the yes, they and they drink the molten chocolate to sort of bring them close to heaven, the yep. bunny, to to their God, yes. essentially. And so, is this about? Is does someone dilute the chocolate fountain? Is this <sighs> yes? What happens? There's some scandal. There's some blasphemy. Yep. They, they- Do they put white chocolate in there? Does white chocolate come from a rival church? I mean, white chocolate's not even chocolate. It's it's not- It's got no cacao. <laughs> cacao. Cacao. <laughs> 
don't the know Portlandia. why, but my, but my mind just went to the Catalina, uh, the fucking Catalina mine, wine mixer from wine fucking- mixer. <laughs> well, there's that cacao sketch in Portlandia too, which is where I, yeah, oh God, yeah, cacao, cacao. <laughs> I think it was a, like a code word or something they were using for sex or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that this is why there's there are different sects of the church, hmm. and and do they? I feel like they should worship a different creature, and that's where white chocolate comes from, or is it just an albino bunny? Well, I, I'm thinking maybe the the Easter buildy. <laughs> no, I'm thinking the Easter cow. Because cow has lots of milk and there's just too much milk in this milk chocolate that it's turned it white. Okay. Is the other chocolate milk chocolate or is it, is it that they- it's all dark chocolate? It got diluted so- it, it's all dark chocolate normally and then it got diluted so much that it became white. And that's what actually makes white chocolate in this. That the, you know, effectively the, the people who like white chocolate in this world, they're kind of like the- um, oh, what's it called? homeopathy sort of followers because okay. you know it's very very heavily diluted um and they say that it makes the chocolate There's barely stronger. any actual chocolate in there yeah but it okay <laughs> <laughs> there probably is homeopathic chocolate jesus christ uh okay and so what's this what's this game play like what how does this play out do we have an opening scene of like a Morning mass at the house of Coco Bean. The house of the bunny. House of Bean. The house of the Coco Bunny. Mm. House of Coco is kind of a, a cool name for for the game. Um, are you playing, like, not necessarily an assassin, but, like, someone who infiltrates this other... This other sect. You're sent to infiltrate the the white chocolate heathens. Yes. Hmm. Only only to find out that it's actually it wasn't. It's got nothing to do with them. They actually thought that you were the ones who tipped their sacred cow. <laughs> <laughs> so who is the actual? And like who's who's organized all this then who actually made these things so is it a third yeah it's, type of, is it's, it, it's it's the church of carob it's the carob <laughs> yes that's what i was about to say <laughs> super like vegan hippie types and they're just they've got the church of carob yep uh I, I mean, I just got transported back to back to my youth when I had a friend who was uh, very dairy intolerant, and mm. they decided to give me like one of their carob bites or whatever bites or whatever they had yeah. at Easter time, and no, uh, uh, it was not good. It's a different. It's like chalky, isn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember having. Yeah, you can keep your dairy-free chocolate substitute and. <laughs> Shove it. (laughs) In you got whatever. Um, Okay, transitional. Mm. Well, is this around? Do we delve into the history here? Do we find that these different sects of this church 
it came from a common yeah. thing. Like, that actually there is no bunny or cow. There is only one being. Maybe they find it. Maybe they find the actual source of chocolate. Yeah. And it's like it's like the fucking Futurama slurm worm. It's like a horrible, gross <laughs> thing just spewing out pure, delicious ch- milk milk chocolate, perfectly mixed. It's the perfect mix between their two things. Because uh, I feel and like carrots first- just a secretion that just gets wiped <laughs> off the <laughs> side. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. That is still definitely lesser. <laughs> It's got like three spouts. <laughs> it's just covered in this weird little workers covering this giant chocolate worm, just feeding it and taking its output. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the chocolate factory, and it's. Uh, uh. <laughs> Come with me, and, and you'll, you'll see a world disgusting of world pure that's excreting horror. milk chocolate. <laughs> a world of pure body horror, and <laughs> you'll never have chocolate again. Cause You're this welcome. is well. <laughs> okay, should we do another one of these? Yes, thingies vortex. Declaimed costume. Declaimed is weird. Yes. Uh, but I, lo- I love a baggage. That's more unclaimed, but yeah. unclaimed baggage. But I love costumed and vortex because I'm, I'm just seeing like this. Is this some cosplayer who gets. Well, I'm, I'm actually seeing into a, a different time. I'm, I'm seeing a literal like. When I, when I think Vortex, I think of, oh, like, a Twister sort like of a, thing. Okay. Is it a Wizard of Oz sort of situation, then? <laughs> okay, cosplayer gets sucked into the, into the land of Oz. <laughs> and they all think yeah. that, that they're, like, the new wizard because they're, they're like... Yeah, because they're dressed up as Gandalf. Oh. It's actually the story of the Wizard of Oz. Like, what happened when he <laughs> turned the up. prequel <laughs> of when the wizard got there. But the modernised version where he was going to fucking Comic-Con. Yep. Okay, so what what ha- what happens in Oz? Now, obviously, we've talked about Oz before. Probably the last time that we talked about Oz was maybe in the first 40-odd episodes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been a while. Um, so there are a lot of other Oz books other than just the Wizard of yeah. Oz. So I don't know them particularly well. I remember some of the stuff from the Return to Oz movie adaptation, mm-hmm. the Wheelers and Mombi and like Jack Pumpkinhead or something. Yep, Jack Pumpkinhead was that actually his name? Yes. Oh, I literally was just I knew you had a pumpkin for a head. So mm-hmm. and TikTok, the big mechanical oh, yeah. clock guy. The clock, uh, yeah, okay. But I think, look, I think it's open enough. We can just make up our own shit mm-hmm. anyway, if we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, traditionally in The Wizard of Oz, there are four different countries. There's, like, one to the north, one to the east, one to the west, one to the south. And mm-hmm. there's good witches to the north and south and be- evil witches to the east and west. That's fine. We can stick with that. 
I kind of like the idea of of an exciting adventure happening within within Oz and having to try and unite the the countries. Unite the unite the cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. I mean, was the were they were they united when Dorothy got there? Really? No. So I, I don't. So think- has there been a civil war since then, or do we not try to canonize it against? No, you don't have to canonize it against Oz. the Wizard of Oz. Like story. This can just be they they see you as the, maybe the reincarnation of the wizard or something like that because you you look older because you're wearing a big fake beard. Okay, I like that. I like that. Then, But then we can play with that as Oz's history and refer to Dorothy and stuff as, you know, the one who defeated the Witch of the West. The she evil Witch West? of the West. Uh, yeah. Or the Wicked well, Witch of the, the East. East. She yeah. crushed the- Yeah. She killed both the Wicked Witches. So, what's happened since is- Well, there's been a power vacuum there that's been filled, presumably. Yeah, fi- filled by Wicked Witches- like, you know, I, I'm th- I'm thinking that they're even worse than what they had before, and they're even even more. Well, unstaged. I think I think one of them had like an apprentice who has then stepped up and just like become a total tyrant. Yes, and the other one now, you know, is not allergic to houses, so they, you know, you can drop a house on them all you want, but they're never going to get crushed. I feel like maybe the other, maybe the other the one's east- still allergic to water. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. But the, the no, the one to the east is no longer allergic to houses. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe that. Yeah, I feel like maybe the east d- decided that, you know, due to their due to the 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 house allergy that they have in that side of the the country or the world, uh, they they actually created a panel of leaders, like a uh, you know, so that if Ooh, the house I, fell. They could either all lift it together, a league of evil, or, you know. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like a league. Yeah. Yes, I, I really like that because you, they're a secretive bunch, and they, you you only ever see the leader, and the leader always, you know, is masked and you know masked has, and dark, has the and dark the witch's hat. hat, and you know, somewhat green skin, but you can't be sure. Are they the same stripy socks she had on before? Is it a she? You don't yeah, know. Yeah, you don't know. And then um, it turns out that Glinda really wasn't nice, so she's sort of a tyrant in, in the in the north or whatever. She's a tyrant, but of niceness. Like, she rules with an iron fist, Made forcing of everyone to be, to be pleasant. <laughs> an iron fist of puppies. <laughs> A furry fit. A, a, a <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you must be pleasant if you're in the n- north, right? Yes. Uh, because otherwise, like, her and him and her subordinates come down on you hard. If you don't smile at someone- Like, there's all these rules for how you must be in poli- polite in society and nice to everyone. Uh, but it just means everyone's afraid of slipping up every second. Uh, and so there's a real underground movement there of, of people just calling each other pricks. Uh, I got it wrong. Glinda is the good witch of the south, not the north. Oh, who was in the north then? 
Who the fuck was in the North? Wanda. And it's actually the Scarlet Witch from the MCU. <laughs> Sometimes named Locusta or Tatty Poo. <laughs> sure, Tatty Poo. Tatty Poo. Tatty Poo it is. Uh-huh. Uh, is she actually nice? Is there actually one? Yeah, it's, nice? it's supposed to be the good witch of the north, and she's she's like the only nice one. But Glinda, you know, because everyone thought that she was from the north, she kind of took over the north and south. I think she's definitely been pushing the the boundaries and, and encroaching. So every everything below the border is now south because it's south of the border and there's like this one little town that the, that the good witch of the north has yeah yeah pretty much because pretty much wherever glinda is she goes anything anything around me is mine because it's south and everything's south of somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and she's just ruling it with a with a furry fist of puppies yeah yeah so essentially you've dropped in as this Gandalf cosplayer yes. from Earth in the middle of what must be close to civil war. Like, the tensions mm. are high between these four factions. Yes. And there's spies everywhere. There really are. Um, so, do you, remember, do you remember the game Mercenaries? Yes. Where you had, like, the all, all, the, all the cards. Top, like, um, oh, Mercenaries. No. Uh, cards. That was-, was this the, like... That was Mercenaries, wasn't it? Mercenaries. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the, the like, top, the, the isometric. What? That was something else, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the one that you're talking about. Um, pretty sure it was Mercenaries, Playground of Descru- Destruction. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, what game, um, what game am I thinking of? It's called something... Yeah, you could you could select the different um, you could select the different people. You had like the demolitions guy, and you had um, and you had to like get into get into places. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, what that yeah one's I, I do remember it. Uh, and, and yeah, you had the you had the cards of of all the people, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the different lieutenants and, yeah. and things. So I like the idea yeah. that you're looking around this world of Oz, trying to find all yeah. the lieutenants and. As you go through the different missions, you you sort of um, narrow down that okay, he he's a lieutenant of of you know Glinda, and the more that you go through, the more that you realise you know who's really. I like this as an I like this as an open world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You've got this whole area you can you know in a very I guess Ubisoft kind of way. You can you can go around to wherever you, you want, although there are obviously areas that are particularly dangerous as you start off. Poppy fields. Yeah, they're really fucked. Yeah. You fall yeah, asleep you in there. Like- <laughs> you can't go through the poppy fields until you get some sort of- Breathing know, apparatus. And- PPE. Um, yeah, and then 95 mask ain't going to cut it. Like- Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, li- I like the fact that it's like set in 2022 so Gandalf right, actually the- has a mask you know he can put on and, yeah um all this sort of stuff and yeah I I kind of like the idea of exploring this world of Oz so I think where it's kind of twisted there, what are you doing with like when you find these people are you taking them out is this is this you know 
violent in that way? Is there combat or is this more I think, of a capture? I think you're trying to turn them. You're, ter- you're trying yeah. to turn them against the leader to become, you know, like- effectively Well, I almost you think, are you starting your own- Turn little, little sections. Because, I mean, everyone seemed to respect the wizard- I mean, I guess maybe not the not the East and West. No, but pretty much since Dorothy left many years ago, Scarecrow, you know, he's been he's been in the Emerald City and he's been king and all this sort of stuff. But he let it get to his head. He's kind of corrupt now, and he's his- literally stuffed it full of more straw, so it is physically larger. I, I'm I'm literally imagining that when you when you get to the final the final level of the game, which is inside the Emerald City, like the scarecrow is like this big towering like grotesque, grotesque straw filled um yeah. big boss sort of the size of you know the the marshmallow man and in Ghostbusters. Well, the size of the actual wizard's head. That's his from head Wizard size, of Oz. Yeah. Like you know the giant head. It's now his actual head size. Uh, yep. There is no there's man. Now there's the no body. man behind this curtain. <laughs> As he just steps out. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, before you get there, though, because I, I have like a that. brain. <laughs> pulls off and is like <laughs> pulls off his head and it's glowing. It's like, oh, that's that's the spot that I've got to attack. That's the weak spot. <laughs> And then it's a big Shadow of the Colossus fight of climbing up the Scarecrow <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you well, shall I think, not I think, pass! And straight I into think his we're brain. rushing ahead. I think we're rushing ahead, though, because I think you definitely come across the Tin Man who has been organising a revolution. Yes. You know, the Tin Man and Scarecrow had a falling out after Scarecrow started, letting it all go to his head. Unfortunately, and- the Cowardly Lion was killed, but now you've got- Yeah. You've, you've got his son- the cowardly cub. Well, I'm thinking that you know because it was you know 1939 to now you know the grand cub, <laughs> grand cub. Yeah, that, that's a bit better. Um, not so, cowardly. but he's brave. But he's brave. Yes, the brave grand cub, grand cub of the original cowardly lion. Yep. You do have to be careful. You do have to be careful because the scarecrow does have a gun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's canon. <laughs> that, that's ca- and it actually is a canon. It is because now. he's so big now. He's yeah. He actually has to use a canon. It, for those who don't know what we're talking about, there's a scene in the original did, Wizard of Oz. We, did we talk about this? I'm on not sure the if we talked about recently, it on though? the show. We talked about we it definitely recently, definitely. About it. Um, but yes, there is a there is a part in the Wizard of Oz in which the Scarecrow does have a gun. Yes, it's very weird for what is a kid's film and it's yeah. the only time it shows up but yeah go check it out uh, but it's fun but i think before you get to this point yeah you've met with the the tin man you're organizing a revolution so i think you across the course of this game pick up people to join your cause i mean when you get when you get the winged monkeys you've got a great team of spies that can sort of fly in and then come back and well, and I like that from that point of view of as you take over areas, it's it's not that you're taking them over; it's that you have installed a base of spies there. Or you can, a, you can in maybe, some way, so you you can so maybe you have influence. You know, give them give them hope. Like you're instilling hope mm. in all these people because you're coming to their town. You're showing that the wizard is back. Yeah, 
you know, and yeah. and they're they're coming together, and um, you've got those those crazy motorcycle dudes, you know, the ones with the hand, the wheels yeah, on the hands, the, the wheelers, wheelers, I think, yeah, yeah, and they're kind of like. I think they're kind of the bad guys in in this, and I think you got to come. I was going to say they're your vehicles. <laughs> I mean, could be. Um, I do like the idea of coming across the gnome king, and just oh, I don't remember the gnome king. Uh, he was he was the end antagonist of Return of Return to Oz. Okay, and for some reason allergic to eggs, and that's how they beat him. That's all, there's there's something in Oz where just everyone has a weird allergy, everyday yeah. weakness. Yeah, to to mundane um, objects. So scarecrows is fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny that. <laughs> everyone has an allergy. <laughs> so yeah, everyone in this, everyone in this world has a weird allergy. Uh, you know, and I mean, I guess in the real world, people have like peanuts and egg allergies, but they're not deaf. They're not deadly allergies, though. I mean, I mean, for some people they are, but they don't make them melt into a puddle or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Or- uh, but yes, in this case, it's just contact with grapes yep. will, you know, completely destroy this specific winged monkey. Yeah. They all have different things. And we just procedurally generate that. We just pull yeah. it from a, you know, most of the time it doesn't come into play. Obviously, you know, you got the Tin Man and all that sort of stuff and his allergy is rust. Like you get, yeah. I mean, you that's get, pretty straightforward. You get rust on him. Um, unfortunately, the cowardly lion's allergy was an axe. Uh, you know, yeah, axes. Yeah, uh, and you know it's hereditary. So the the brave little grand cub has the same. In fact, sad allergy to in fact, axe blades. A, a lot of a lot of munchkins also have a the lot same allergy based <laughs> creatures. Yeah. And strangely enough, uh, they come in contact with it very often yes. at high speeds. Mm. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. So, anyway, after you get your first weapon, which I think is an axe, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're going, you're going through Munchkin well, I kind Land. Well, I kind of like the idea, actually, particularly with this whole bringing hope and, and, and what the wizard was in the original, is that you have to create wizard effects- with no, without actually having magic. Mm. Well, blood fountains are, are a pretty good effect, but you know they only last for a small amount of time. And you blood get- fountain makes it difficult. I'm thinking more smoke, perhaps some light, like lightning. You know, arcs of lightning. Yep. Put together some Tesla coils or something. Um, Thunderbolt, Jacob's ladders, and lightning. Very, very, very frightening. Very frightening. Yeah. Uh, it might have scared some of the some of the uh, I think they were called Winkies in the um, in the West, and that's just uh-huh. a, a weird name. Um, the weird thing is when you do go into uh, into the West, you actually hear the song. I'm pretty sure it's Harvester of Sorrow by Metallica that uh-huh. actually used the oh we oh. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say it. it, it the way you give hope, it almost effectively just comes down to a big uh, pyrotechnics show. So maybe you are just going across the world putting on, like, rock concerts. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that Oz would have to be a pretty big area. So it's got to be sort of oh, yeah. Skyrim-sized. Sure. Uh, so that you get, you know, those very different climates throughout mm. throughout the game. Mm. Yeah, it's a big it's a big world. Where do you land first? 
I mean, it's got to be somewhat, well, I was going to say it's got to be somewhat central, but that doesn't necessarily make sense. I kind of like the idea of you land in Munchkin land because then you can follow the yellow brick road and it's kind of, you know. It's a familiar thing. It's a familiar thing and everyone kind of knows that and. They go, oh, yeah, you, so you follow the yellow, yellow brick road. You get to the centre and that's when you find out that, you know. I like I like that when you eventually, like, you, you fairly soon get a map mm. and it's got the yellow brick road on it. But the yellow brick road goes over this whole country and it's actually got, like, multiple forks, different things. People just say follow the yellow brick road. It could go anywhere. It yeah. could, you could end up anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was pure chance that Dorothy actually ended up there. Was yeah, and it's because- like they only have one word for the for the color yellow, but there are lots of different shades of yellow depending on which which way you go. So you've got to follow FF, you know, <laughs> FF three three one two or whatever. You have to remember the hex codes. <laughs> follow the FF three three one two road. <laughs> follow, 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 follow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's. For- I'm pretty sure that's not a. Not I'm sure a yellow. it's not. That's a lot of. That's red got a in lot there. of red in there and too much blue, so that's yeah. not a yellow. But that's fine. Uh, yeah, well, I, I just figured maybe in the time <laughs> since, maybe actually in the time since Dorothy- one two one two zero zero. <laughs> 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 Did you look up a yellow? No, I just You're still guessing. <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe just they had a good supply of of yellow bricks. Uh, you know, whatever yellow mud or or you know that they that they make these bricks out of. And so they've just expanded the road over over a long period of time. I like it. All right, should we do? Should we do another? What three words before we move on? Or do you want to go straight on to it? No, you, you can do another one. Like, this is only our third game. Like, last week we did oh, two, I know. 20. <laughs> yes, that was, that was a very... You know, we had to get through all those game jam games. Okay. Isolator, decoders, bypasses. I mean, this feels very much like some sort of hacking. Yeah. Or some sort of, yeah. you know... You've got to isolate the bypass and decode... And yeah, like uh, isolate the network to bypass the decoder. Yeah, all hacking terms that everyone everyone knows and makes sense. So this Hack is the babble. This is actually kind of cool. I, I like the feel of this. I want to have. Ooh, 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 ooh. I was just going to say, rather than rather than go down, in, like we've done a lot of different ones with sort of a hacking interface where you're on a computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one you got a soldering this is, this iron. Is set, no, this is set in the metaverse. Okay. So hacking in this situation can have some pretty huge effects. Metaverse is in what used to be Facebook and is now the metaverse, or is this metaverse in the metaverse actual- as in? Hmm? <laughs> or is this metaverse in the in the actual sense and not like some branding thing? <laughs> no, not in the branding sense. Not in the way. I mean, obviously, Facebook has done that on purpose to try to move towards what the idea of a metaverse is. They will not get there. No, I'm talking like Snow Crash style or like, I mean, I think, you know, William Gibson-esque. There's a secondary world 
or a ready, I guess a ready player one, if you want to go to that sort of situation. Yeah. There's a, there's a virtual world that people spend a lot of time in. Uh, and there are rules within that world that are meaningful. And then obviously there are people who can hack them and cause chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like the idea that we can set up that world. Uh, you know, often the metaverse sort of idea is built around your, your avatar and the ability to change yourself to look however you want. Uh, and so I think you could have things around being able to hack other people's, uh, avatars to, you know, gain access to, to look like them and different things. Cause otherwise it's, you know, there may even be rules in place that you have to be unique to a certain degree so that you can't uh, in, in impersonate people. That's That sounds def- deathly close to NFTs. I, I was considering whether <laughs> we go there or not. I don't want to give them the credence of of actually being in a real metaverse where they mean anything. I, I literally don't get how they would ever work. Like, let's not let's not get into it, but they're bullshit. They're just a scam. I, it's fucking every stupid. every time I I hear about these things, it's like all you got to do is change one little bite, and it's like, oh look, it's a different thing, even though it looks exactly the same. It's not and about it's the like- image. It's not about the image. It's purely just speculative investing. It's dumb, and it's like, hang on. So if I if I sold you a hat for my game and then I wanted to sell that same hat to someone else I couldn't because it's exactly the same thing so I've got to make every single one unique it's like fuck off the thing is you actually could because what is at the other end of that URL means fuck all as long as the token itself is a new token yes you could sell the same hat 500 times the whole unique thing about it is just to make the people buying it feel a little bit better and feel special because all you own is the fucking token. Like, yeah. that's it. You own an address, like a, a item in a ledger. It's ugh. it's dumb. I just so I no, can our world is just that 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 the metaverse does have laws. Essentially, there are rules in place around. You know, you have to you you have to set your avatar. You have to register it, perhaps in some way with a central authority. Mm-hmm. Because they had problems, like we, and we can go into the problems in the past that they had, where a particular meme would come through, and everyone would make themselves look like you know the fat cat eating peanut butter that's popular at the moment, and you, nobody could tell who anyone was, and then people were doing nefarious things, pretending to be others, and they had to institute these rules around. No, you can change yourself up as much yeah. as you like, but you have to be, you know. X percent different to everybody, you know, to everybody else to be uh, okay. unique to a certain degree. So, where does the main part of the game happen then? And is it the post office and why? <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to hack at the post office? <laughs> uh, look, I think, I think it, uh, well, I, we can decide whether we keep it all in the metaverse. It also depends on, is this a situation? So, there are, in, in sort of fictional stuff, there's a couple of ways that a metaverse like this can work. It can really be a virtual reality or an augmented reality. I do like augmented reality because there's there's something about, you know, seeing the normal life and then you put some glasses on and I've got a funny hat on. You know, it's like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest change. That's the first thing anybody did. 
in the metaverse was just put funny hats on people. Uh, Valve started it. it was, Valve was actually the first one to really jump on board. Yep. Um, but they, they got onto this whole thing about putting like a red valve on the back of your head and half the time it'd be covered up by your hair so you couldn't see it. So, you know. It- yeah, it kind of became purposeless. Uh, yeah, no, I think in that, so a bit more of an altered carbon way. I don't know if you ever watched that, but. Nope. In that it was, it was, it was more embedded, like it was embedded technology. It wasn't glasses that you put on. Okay. So you snap but your you fingers could- and. Yeah, we, I mean, we can we can decide whether you have the option of turning it off in the regular world or if that's actually part of the hacking is that, oh, you have the ability to turn off the metaverse yeah. uh, and see the reality of what's around you. But you can only switch it off eight times. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some sort of limitations to- no, I think it's more around. I think it's what, like I only switched off eight times in my life. One was to see the birth of my daughter. One was to <laughs> see her get married. <laughs> you could have a character that does. That's an interesting character trait, or something where maybe the original, maybe the first people who were able to turn it off, like it did damage to them or something, and so it was. It was. It was something they, they had to do turn it back sparingly. on. It was lucky if they could turn it back on mm. because it was- Because what I, what I was going to say that actually ties into it a bit is that when you turn it off, you realize that there's this whole underclass of people who don't have the metaverse technology. And they don't appear in the- <laughs> And the metaverse actively hides them from people, yes, in the metaverse. And so, these people just see people walking through the streets who who literally cannot see them. And you see them for the first time when you when you turn this off. But also the problem is you've only got a digital wallet mm, and you can't yes. see that anymore. So, you don't know, you know, you can't pay for anything. I, I like the idea of having to start relying on more archaic technology for this world. Credit cards. Things with, well, <laughs> just things with screens, right? Anything with a screen, really- because everyone else has it embedded, embedded yeah. as a child. That's all they know is this ability to, you know, it's hooked into your brainwaves. You can essentially use your thoughts to manipulate the interfaces and, and select things. Open that door. When you're walking towards the door, it's like you're thinking, is the door going to open? And the door opens. Yeah. Um, if, if it's not turned on, you, go, you keep walking and you bash into the door. <laughs> well, I think, again, I think that- You have to this, manually open point, the door. That's- I think by this point, the metaverse is so- There are no doors. <laughs> well, it's more that it's so, it's so smart, it's so aware that if there's a door that's not hooked up to the metaverse, again, you don't even see it. There's almost this whole- uh, real world layer to the world that you're not aware of. You're only aware of the real world bits that are actually metaverse active. <laughs> when you go to the toilet, you realise all the doors were digital. <laughs> yeah. And those people could see you. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think absolutely. All pub, all anything like that, it's all digital. They, like, yeah, you go There's, to the- you go to the, or it's, or it's You go to the toilet digital, and it's, it's just that, stalls. It's, 
No, it's not not even stalls. It's just it's just toilets, and they they decided not to build the the digital stalls. Well, and again, it will, and it's yeah, it, it, it's almost like because of how much control the the metaverse has over what you can see. If there's someone else going to the toilet next to you, the metaverse just paints them out. Like you, any time anyone wants privacy, they can just tell all other metaverse users. You know, it just broadcasts it and will paint them out of existence and guide people around them, you know. Mm. But there's this there's this people who are in poverty or who are essentially in this separate class of people who have to put up with these fucking metaversians walking around blindly all the time. And I think it's even to the point of like when people get fed up and like if someone who doesn't have the metaverse comes up and like shoves someone who is in the metaverse, the AI in there in, you know, that they're all connected to, it just like creates something there innocuous that shoved them so yep. that they won't see that, they you know, so they even that they're just completely immersed in this world. Uh, I, I'm just seeing like, I'm just imagining, uh, like these college kids playing ultimate frisbee with a digital frisbee and they're just, you yeah. know, making diving catches and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, they're literally just diving and like, yeah, I got it. And it's, they've got nothing so- in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. So, all right. All right. So I did talk about them being about the people who are in the real world being, you know, under the poverty, poverty line. It's almost funnier though if there's just actually a whole regular society that just tolerate on, the the people that in the have metaverse. to that have to just tolerate the metaverse people because it's just they're too <laughs> the company's too powerful, <laughs> but they're just trying to go about their day. They have their own like it's almost like a fairly contemporary technology, you know, maybe slightly advanced. Yeah, there's, there's still a day. corner shop. Uh, there's still a corner shop and you can go into and, you know, you can sort of buy stuff. And then when you go in there, there's just some dude in the corner, like, you know, um, <laughs> ha- handing out fake things to people and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, that that's that's the metaphor. That's the metaverse, like, clerk. That's who you go to. Yeah. If you- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think. Well, I I think it's. I think it's funnier if it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a drug dealer. He deals. He deals drugs in the metaverse. He thinks he's in in an alley. (laughs) We just have to ignore him. It's just Stephen. (laughs) Just leave him. (laughs) He's harmless. He's he's just he's just selling digital drugs. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. If you want the real stuff, go around the back alley and talk to Frank. Because I'm imagining uh, in this in this place, a, a computer virus could actually make you feel like elated and all this sort of stuff because it could oh yeah adjust your brain chemistry and yeah, all this, this sort of is stuff. It. Like I, I think, and we could go into the history of it, but I think essentially, like you know, people started once this technology came about, people started immersing themselves in it to the point that they didn't want to come out of it. And then as a couple of generations went by where, where people were getting it earlier and earlier, that this that it was just this, sub, this, this class of people, generally the rich, mm-hmm. who, who started living in it, you know, 100% of the time, basically. So- Gave it, you know. Okay, you're in this game, your character, he- I think you start- 
He started in the metaverse. Yes. Um, Something goes wrong and, like, it breaks, basically. Either something goes wrong or you come across someone who is- It's almost a reverse matrix. Well, no, it's not. I mean, it's 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 almost an actual matrix. (laughs) But But that's what I'm saying. A different different layer of it. Something breaks down and the metaverse people come in and say, look, we can fix it. But unfortunately, you're going to have to be without the without the implant for a while. Well, except I, I kind of, I mean, again, I feel like we're by this stage, the people in the metaverse are almost not even aware that it's a technology that they're partaking mm. in. And so I feel like it is like you're right. It is essentially the matrix at that point, except it's a self-imposed matrix, and everyone in the real world is just aware. Like it's overlaid on top of the real world. Yeah. <laughs> And so you, so it's more you come across someone who's like, "Hey, you want to see something real fucked up?" And they hack your implant yep. and turn it off. They turn it off and and then they disappear. And, you're, and so you, the rest yeah, of your time is yes. either you're you're trying to make your way through the world and trying to get back to back to this hacker to try and work out, and maybe what you learn along the way is that hey, things aren't so bad without this technology yeah well and just that the people you know they're essentially the the one percent in a way but you know they're fucking up the world for their own benefit they're making things difficult for everybody there maybe there is some like you know do you guys know the energy requirements for keeping the metaverse running for these fucking assholes i can't uh, i know, kind of almost constantly like, i kind of like you know, your best friend that you had growing up, you know, you haven't seen him for years, when in reality you actually lived next to him and he hasn't been part of the metaverse for the last, like, 10 years or something like that because mm. it was a, a malfunction and no, he could never get it fixed. Yeah, and so they then- couldn't afford to or something. Like, they were right on the border of, of, you know, the ability to afford this technology. And so then you, you can always have... You know, that, that thing of you meet your best friend in the start of the game and you sort of see some moments kind of like a kind of like a far um what was it? Uh the Fallout. Fallout. Uh yeah. Fallout three? Four. Four. Uh, three. Uh three. Three. Three did that. I think yeah. four no, no four, four you it was a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, I think three you played through, you know, you're a baby and then you're a kid and then yeah. yeah. Because I like the idea of you, you see that and then they disappear and it's sort of like you're ups- the kids are upset because their best friend has disappeared and all this sort of stuff. And then just to find out many years later that- They were know, still there the still whole there time. The whole they time. could see just- you every day. They saw you every day. And maybe they had something to do with your- With hiring, maybe, the, hi- yeah. hiring the hacker to try and get you into the, into the real world because- you know, yeah. they saw how you were wasting away sort of thing. Yeah. I like that. That's a really cool... Because uh, you could do some really cool effects of particularly the first time you turn the metaverse off and just... It just sort of falling away in front of you as it turns into reality. I, I kind of like things a, a matrix a, fall, you know, like p- pixels or voxels of it just sort of start yeah. falling away. Just stripping off. Yeah, for sure. And again, like, I think in a lot of- I don't think it goes to dark and dingy. I think it just goes to- No. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think in a lot of ways, it's just the same. 
there's only certain things that the metaverse is actually overlaying, but you st- but you can make some subtle things like there's less bloom. There's some <laughs> yeah, there's less bloom. There's like some dirt in a corner, or there's like some garbage, or like the metaverse has been just making everything pristine for you. There's more than three reflections. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, every time I've stood in front of a mirror, no, I mean, it, something like that, something like that, the metaverse would let through because, like, it uses reality where it can. <laughs> Although, actually, actually, that is cool. I like the idea of you do get glitchiness if the metaverse is trying to hide anything from you. If you're between two oh, mirrors. Oh, my God. You, it can only go so deep. It goes so it's deep. Th- and then three layers deep, you see someone standing behind you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fucking- That's cool. Uh, That'd be it. You, I, do, you, I don't want to even you, think about how you have to pull that You're in off. a dressing room. And, you know, you sort of- You've put on something and you look in the mirror and there's a mirror behind. And it's, like, so small, but you see a face- just in one yeah. of the one of the lower levels, and it's like of someone standing behind you, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's so disgusting. And so I wrong. love that. That's a cool world building thing. Uh, I think you'd have to build it as some sort of kind of sprawling RPG ish kind of yeah something. You know, effectively once once you're out in the in the real world. You're you're effectively tr- chasing down leads, trying to work out, mm. you know, who this hacker guy was, and then you find out, you know, based on, I don't know, there was a card left at the scene or something like that, and or a card that you, you yeah, that you well, find I kind in of, pocket, I was almost but- thinking, I wonder if you find out that because you know by this point, obviously, the metaverse itself is a pretty. Uh, advanced AI. Yes. Even though most of it is at the sort of functional level of just almost reacting to the world around you, but there is an intelligence to it now. Mm. And that maybe the hacker is actually an- another separate intelligence that has been built or injected or split off or whatever. Uh, that he is only exists in, in the meta world. Yeah. Oh, so that, they only exist so you, in the metal world. You you go kind of round in loops and all this sort of stuff, and you can never quite find him. He always seems to be slipping away just as you get there. And I it's think like- you definitely have to get back into the metaverse at various points. Yeah. Whether can, it becomes you can something only you like just plug turn in on and off, or whether you can it- only plug in for a small amount of time, or or when you enter mm-hmm. a certain area, it's like it activates just for that little area, so you can sort of see. That little yeah. part, and then you walk out, and it all sort of fades away again, just so that yeah, we well, can I've reuse. I like that, the idea of that puzzles. melting texture. Oh, yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, it'd be ridiculous. It'd be crazy. I think to have a a huge game about this metaverse thing, and you only spend the first five minutes in it. <laughs> I think you need to have it on and spend more time at the different it, points. There's, there's something about like seeing all these people reacting to things that aren't there that. They could be so fucking funny. <laughs> what do people in what do, do you think they've got like, you know, bright blue eyes or something when they're like the people in the metaverse? Like, you know, because the, there's essentially a layer. Blue. 
there's essentially a layer over their eyes that's like intercepting what they see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, having something or oh, an unnatural blue or an unnatural purple or something like that. You just go well, from a physics. Yeah, oh, purple's not bad. I was going to say from a physics level, it's like, well, it needs to take in, it needs to absorb 100 percent of the light, so they're just black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's probably a bit too on the nose. I, I like a purple. Mm. That's kind of- Or gold. Gold could be- Oh, yeah. I mean, that, and then that's just the fact that they're like the rich pricks and they have golden eyes. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I like that world though. That, you know, give me that instead of the cyberpunk that we got. Give me something like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Let's switch All it right. up for the last yeah. one. Yeah. We've got time for one more. What are you thinking? Three, two, one movie. All right. Should we both choose, uh, get one and we'll just choose the best? Yep. Or a combination? Ooh. <laughs> Pistol whipped. Into the grizzly maze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I haven't heard of either of these. Mine's a Steven Seagal vehicle from 2008. Ew. <laughs> like a gam- He's an elite ex-cop with a gambling problem and a mountain of debt. I mean, this one here, I don't like the I don't like the look of the of the actual story because it's like these people are going on a hike and they get stalked by a grizzly bear. I kind of like the idea oh. that there's a fucking maze and there's an actual maze. It's yeah. fucking grizzly in there, like. Yeah. It's- Yeah, less grizzly bear and more just grizzly the adjective. Grizzly the the adjective. Yeah. Okay. It's really fucked up when they drop the bear in there, like, at one stage. So is this- like, Yeah, you're is now being this stalked. kind of the most dangerous- Like, the, you know, what is that hunting humans kind of deal? The most dangerous game or whatever, where- Or a Hunger Games-ish sort of thing. Like, are these people being captured and- Or a- squid game almost you know are they being dropped into this maze and have to survive and fight their way out or are they oh, yeah i kind of like that idea but not from a not from a typical standpoint of there's people that have put you in here it's an unknown you wake up and you're just in there is it more of a lost thing then almost where do you wake up in a group yes and, it, and you're at the beginning you're having to work together and it's just this maze. That that's cool, actually. I like that. I'd watch a TV show about that, of them just trying to figure out this mysterious maze that they find themselves dropped in. I mean, if I, if it was going to be a big maze, I'd probably call it a labyrinth, because that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up the idea of labyrinth, uh, but I don't think I don't think we I don't think we connect it to no 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 it's, Jim it's, got, it's got nothing to do with Jim amazing Henson's movie labyrinth because you know we we don't want it to maybe be- we put in a few little worms to, as Easter eggs <laughs> yeah but you got you got to look really really <laughs> closely and yeah doesn't matter which way you go and they never lead to the castle they never lead to the castle well the they, castle. well they do lead to the castle but you don't want to go to the castle you want to get out of this maze because you started at the castle right <laughs> just lead you back to the beginning yeah i kind of like that you start in a big like an a big ish area that does have some sort of structure in it and you climb to the top and you 
it's just fucking maze as far as the eye can see in all yeah. directions. All directions. Basically, it feels like this physically impossible space, but you're here. So, I think when you camp down for the first for the first night, that's when you hear like the most terrifying like noise that you can actually hear and it's effectively you know the sort of noise from the smoke monster in in lost or whatever and it's sort of yeah, like some sort of ominous un un otherworldly kind of sound yeah yeah i think this group that you're in uh sort of like an rpg sort of party you know you've got Ooh, maybe that's interesting because i like the idea that each one has different skills yeah, I like this from a. I like this, this from a single game? player. I like this from a single yeah, player point of view. Definitely a single player point of view, but I do like that RPG ish thing where there's almost a a daily loop of choose a few people to go out exploring, and every day you reveal more of this maze. Yeah, but you could come across any number of. Traps, traps, creatures, different things, puzzles that you got to that you got to solve, and yeah. then it's like okay, as well as uh, like goodies, loot, food. Like yeah. there's this is a game, and they you know the, it's not entirely against you, but it would just really give you this um, this feeling of being on edge the whole time. So, I think this maze is a sculpted maze, so it's not it's not random. Okay. However, your starting location is random within the maze. Interesting. Yeah. So, effectively, you'd you'd want to- Oh, you know, by sculpt- Sorry. By sculpt, did you mean it was created a, by artists? Created by artists. It's not like procedurally it's generated. Not procedurally gotcha. generated. It's not random. Everything's there because it was placed there. Yeah. Um, and effectively, you've got, you know- four or five different starting positions so that you can replay the game and come across a few Mm. different puzzles um and and come across maybe some different story elements that you didn't necessarily come across last time yeah well i like that i like the main story bits almost being the companion stories in that way where you learn about this these different people and you'll learn more about the you know depending on who you choose to bring with you you'll go deeper down there puzzle like their paths and their stories and then there are maybe gameplay elements that you know in that classic kind of bioware-ish way of oh if you want to solve if you want to sort of finish this person's story path you know you need to do a particular thing in the maze or you need to find something you need to do this particular thing and not let them get killed because the other thing Mm. that can actually happen is you can kill off people and make it impossible to get out of this maze or not, not necessarily impossible. I think yeah. there's always a way that you I think can go. Maybe there are, maybe it locks branches yep. off of the maze. And so again, if it's if, if we're able to, you know, develop this level in a smart enough way, it's like, oh, okay. If they're choosing this person who's got or someone who's got these specific types of skills, then they're going to be able to go down this area more easily. But if they're all dead, well, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to go a different way. Yeah. But there's still a way out. And, I mean, you could do that smart. You could almost have a kind of director, Left for Dead director-esque sort of thing of chopping and changing the maze for areas they haven't visited. Well, yeah. So, what you could do is, yes, yes, the, yes, the maze is man-made, but there are certain points 
that can be a type of puzzle. So this yeah. this corner here can be an electronic puzzle, and that would be that there's a gate here, and there's a there's a you know electronic panel off to the side, or yeah. it's or it's a you know, uh, so essentially, it still has a level of procedurality, procedural generation to it, but it's more around how you need to get through it to get to the sort of story beats, yeah, rather than the actual physical layout of the maze itself. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, and I like just really layering on that lost style. You know, we're in a completely unknown place. How did we get here? Starting to figure out maybe one of the people who you're with is actually a mole in that way. Like they're actually working for whoever put you there. And so if you go enough down their story path, you find out about that. You you go down three puzzles down this this branch and you get to a lookout tower. And when you go to the top, there's mm. like a there's like a, a weird symbol on the wall and it's like if you remember if you remember back to when you first when you first you know, woke up, that symbol was actually on, yeah, on the screen. Yeah, it's a very Dharma initiative recent. moment. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's that's cool. I mean, I always loved mazes anyway. I think mazes are, are really, really powerful um, Well, and just because tools. they are they are kind of by, like, especially a maze that is specifically constructed- Right. The only reason you build a maze is to have people get lost in it. Yeah. And so to have this huge sprawling structure of a maze that you've been dropped into unknowingly, there's so much mystery to that, you know? No, but talking about lost has brought up the biggest disappointment of my life, which was (laughs) Lost via Domus. That fucking game by Ubisoft that promised oh. so much and was just a heaping pile of shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't even remember they made a Lost game. That's hilarious. I mean, one of the things I love about Lost was the fact that it was so mysterious and I didn't really care about the people's story. I wanted to explore mm. the island. That's what I was there for, to explore and, and then what was find the, game? the secrets. Was it, it was, was it one of those, like, CSI style where it was- You actually- CSI games they made where yeah. it, was, it was almost a hidden object. Yeah, well, I, I didn't yeah. mind those games. They, they had interesting things. Yeah, I mean, for the subject matter, it made somewhat sense. But I feel like it was- Was it not something like that? I don't know. Was it- So, it had a new character that was created specifically for the game, and it played out in, like, seven episodes, and- Effectively, it was just fetch quests of this person asks you to go find this and you go do that and you find out a little bit more about your character's backstory and you do the flashbacks and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, Lost, the TV series, used the flashbacks so they didn't have to show so much of the island. You've got hmm. a game on the island. Show me the fucking island. Just let me explore the fucking island. Hey, give, it a, give it an open world, and I want to find the hatch. I want to find, you know, other other places. I want to go up to the radio tower. I want to, you know, maybe talk to the others. I don't care about my backstory of my character because that's not- Because it's a character you just- that It was invented just for the game anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. And look, that could be done well- having a new character because that somewhat makes sense for like if they tied it in well enough to lost yeah 
having someone else dropped on the island or, or in a different part of the island who'd been oh, there the, same no, whole, the whole was, time or something. But it was this character was there the whole time. And uh, no, see, that's shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so, annoying. Sorry that this has been my review of Lost Via Domus. <laughs> uh, biggest disappointment <laughs> of 2007, I want to say. Uh, I did have the wiki open for it. Was it 2009? 2008. 2008, I... So you the other side of it. Hmm. Ah, fuck. <laughs> that's all we have time for tonight. Yeah, that's it. That is the end. Uh, so, if you would like to find us online and listen to our other episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Check them out. There's a whole bunch there. And, hey, if you want to check out the Game Jam game we made uh, recently... It's called Second Chance Toys, and we'll we'll have a... We'll put a link in the show notes. Sure, Ben will. Yep. <laughs> it's a game about uh, toys. And... Uh, and giving them a second chance. Giving them a second chance. Because so. everything deserves a second chance. Do, do, do. Do you like the sound of... <laughs> do you like the sound? <laughs> do you like the sound of the game? Because I did all the sound effects. Um, do you like the music that we play at the start and end of each episode. I hope you do, because we really like it. The song is called Matt Defiance. It's off of the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. It's available for free on kuradust.bandcamp.com. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Into the Chocoverse.